A reading from the Gospel of St. Luke, in the 17th chapter. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus said, Were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Let us pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our strength and you are our Redeemer. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. I invite you to be seated. This story in our gospel reminds me a little bit of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. So in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, each child receives this immense gift. Just an absolutely incredible gift. I want you to think back to the first time that you saw Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. For the kids, maybe they didn't see the original. Maybe they saw the, you know, the new one with all of the, the computer animation and all of that. But the original had this realism to it. Like they walked into Charlie, to, to, to Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, and there was just candy everywhere. Real candy, as far as the eye could see. Everything was edible. Everything that you could see was edible. Each of the kids receives this immense gift But the gift that they receive reveals their hearts. It reveals their characters. And so they receive this gift, but most of the kids end up lost in gluttony and in greed and in addiction and in distraction. This simple joy in receiving a gift turns into something uncomfortable to look at. Because it unmasks this hunger. And it's a hunger that we all recognize, this need to consume, this need to control. Because our lives are often like that. My life is often like that. I want to consume and to control. And that that need touches every part of our life. We celebrate our homes, and we celebrate our families, and we celebrate our jobs and the, the time that we have for leisure. But it's so easy in the midst of these things, in the midst of these these gifts and blessings, to want something more, to want something else. And so we sit in our homes and we feel restricted by them. We want to be free again. We want to we want to be able to get out. 
We love our families, but we're filled with anxiety and stress over the day-to-day life. We have jobs that make us secure in the life that we live, but they make us just want to be uh, at ease. They, they, they make us long for time of leisure, and then we finally get to our time of leisure, and we want somebody else to do the leisure for us. We want somebody else to entertain us while we're being bored. We just run around and around and around in these, in these circles until we're just exhausted. So exhausted that we fall headfirst into a chocolate lake or <laughs> down a garbage chute or we steal poison candy or we finally just get absorbed into the television. And it's funny, but it's also sad. It's sad because all of that worry and all of that fear and all of that hunger robs us of the ability to enjoy all of the gifts that we already have. It steals our joy away. So how do we break that cycle? How do we get out of that story? How do we live into the story that God is telling in us and through us about his creation and his redemption. I want to suggest today that the gospel tells us it begins by learning to say thank you. It seems like a really simple thing. Just learn how to say thank you. But hard to do. Yeah. Gratitude has the power to transform us. It changes who we are. It changes how we relate to each other. It changes the way that we see each other and the whole world around us. Gratitude changes us. And it happens in a couple of ways. The first is that when we become grateful, we are constantly aware of the blessings that are all around us. Now, it's easy for us to be aware of God's blessing in our life when we are experiencing peaceful moments or when we're in a a beautiful place. But here's the truth. God's blessings are poured out on us all of the time. God's grace is at work in our lives always. The trick, though, is for us to stop imagining that we are at the center of the universe. And that's a hard thing for me to do. Because I look at the people around me and the things that are happening and I interpret them through this lens of how is this affecting me? I imagine that I am at the center of the universe and that everything else that happens, happens around me and because of me and for me and to me. But that is not true. When you say it out loud, it seems kind of silly, really. Obviously, it's not true. But it's harder to live in that, isn't it? The reality is that our lives are full of intersections. Constantly, all of the time, lives are overlapping with our lives. Other lives, other experiences, other paths, other other movements, other actions are all constantly, always intersecting and overlapping. Every single moment of our life is a web of other intersecting lives. And when we realize that, when we realize these connections that are happening around us all of the time, we realize something that we forget. That this moment right now and this one 
could have been anything else. Every moment could have been anything else, but it's this moment right now. Right now, this moment could have been anything else, but right now, you and I are here together. Every moment is miraculous. And in the midst of every single one of those moments, God is present with us. God is present with us in every single one of those moments. And gratitude is about learning to look at all of the moments, moment by moment, morning by morning, to see God's hand at work and to simply say, thank you. To see God at work and say, thank you. That's the second thing that gratitude does. Because when we learn how to say thank you, when we learn how to name blessings and give thanks, we experience what the other nine lepers in the gospel lesson this morning missed out on. Because there is a unique kind of blessing that God pours out on us. There is a unique kind of grace that we experience when we become thankful. And it is a grace that changes us down to the very, very core of who we are. Because it's one thing for us to talk about our friends and our families and our joys and our sorrows and our work and our play as gifts. We use that phrase just as a throwaway phrase. Well, it's such a gift. You just have to enjoy the gift. Experience the gift. Be a gift. This is a gift. That's a gift. But when you and I actually stop and recognize that every single moment, every single experience is a unique place where we can experience God's presence in our lives, then you and I are able to actually give thanks to God and to give thanks to each other then we are naming and we are experiencing the reality that everything that we have is a gift. It's no longer a throwaway term. It's an experience that we are living in. Every moment is unique. Every experience is a place for us to meet God, to find God at work in us and through us. Gratitude draws us out of our own little worlds. It pulls me out of the center of my, my, my self-inflated ego. And instead, it gives me an awareness of the grace and the mercy that is at work all around us all the time. And when you and I see God's grace constantly active in us, it sets us free from anxieties and from fears and from hungers and from concerns. We don't have to be worried about those things because God is right here in this place. God is right here alongside of me. It it gives us a boldness to go out into the whole of his creation because every moment, every experience is a gift. It's a unique way that you and I can come face to face with God and to meet him in and through each other. Creation becomes the gift that it was intended to be, the temple in which God's people would meet him face to face and worship him. So how do we do that? How do we become people who are marked by gratitude? There are some personal practices that we can, that, that, that we can start doing. 
One of them is by naming gifts in our lives. Maybe when you are praying Compline or evening prayer or, or praying at night, you can take a moment to count your blessings. That's a really easy practice to use, especially if we have kids in our homes. Count your blessings. These are, the, these are the blessings that I'm experiencing in my life right now. Maybe you keep a journal, and it would be worthwhile putting a sidebar on your journal where you write down the ways that you experienced God's blessing in your life today. Naming those places is the first step in learning to be thankful for those places. So they don't become things that just happen and then wash on past us. Another way is to learn to audibly, actually, personally tell each other thank you. Even for small little things, things that don't seem like they matter. But to look each other in the eye and say thank you, to become thankful for the things that we have, for the things that are around us. Another way is to declutter. When we are surrounded by things, the things cease to have meaning in our lives. And we begin to imagine that the things that we have are things that we deserve. And so one way of learning to be thankful for the things that we have is simply by having less, by letting go of those things, by saying goodbye to the things that keep us distracted and numb all the time. Another is to look at the things around us and to see that the things that are in our lives are part of an interconnectedness that we overlook. We sit down and it's so easy for us to uh, drive through you know, a, a fast food restaurant and pick up a meal and forget that the meal that is now sitting in this little you know, paper bag on, on our seat is only there because 12 other people made that happen for you today. A dozen people were required for you to have lunch. A dozen people who matter, who did work that brought that food to you. And even when we're sitting at home, we forget about this so easily that when we sit down to eat, the food that sits on our table is there because of dozens, sometimes because of hundreds of other people who have been doing this work, who raised the food, who prepared the food. It's important for us to say thank you to the people who prepared our food, but it's also important for us to recognize where our food comes from. And that's true when we are surfing on the internet. And that's true when we are driving our cars. And that's true when we are sitting in our classrooms or our offices. And that's true when we're using electronics. Everything in our life is there because of hundreds and hundreds of other people who made that possible. But let's say that we put all of those practical things in, in, into play. And we're like, okay, well, now I recognize, you know, this interconnectedness in me. And that's fantastic. And now, I, you know, I've, I've reduced that. I don't have so many things. That's great. Thanks for the TED Talk, Lee. All right, we're going we're gonna to move on. We're, we're very encouraged. This is fantastic. All right? It's fine and good and useful for us to engage in practices that encourage us to be grateful. Because our culture, our society, does not encourage us to be grateful. But real, honest gratitude doesn't come from you and I just saying thank you to each other. It comes from recognizing that everything that we have is not just a gift, but that everything that we have is not what we deserve. We don't deserve the things that we have. 
ingratitude comes from a sense of entitlement, this idea that, that all of these things belong to me, that I own them, that I deserve them, that I've earned them. We haven't earned them. We don't deserve them. Every week we come together again and again in this place because this is where the king's throne is. And we kneel together before his table. And the last prayer that we pray before we go up to share in the feast that he gives us, before he gives his entire self to us, holding nothing back, expecting nothing in return, everything that God has poured out for you and for me, the last thing that we say, most merciful Lord, your love compels us to come in. Our hands were unclean, our hearts were unprepared. We were not even worthy to eat the crumbs from under your table. But you are God of our salvation. You are the God who saves. And you give yourself, you share your bread with us in the midst of our sinfulness. God, cleanse us. Feed us. Give yourself to us so that Christ will live in us, that we will live in him, and that we can be joined with the whole company of heaven. Our thankfulness is not rooted in the fact that we have done a bunch of things correctly and that we've lived a kind of grateful life. Our thankfulness is this. We recognize that it is only the king that draws us together. That it is only Christ's presence in our midst that makes us holy. That everything that we have begins here. It's not just a gift. It's him. It's all of himself for you and for me. That all of us who gather together around this table are lepers who have been healed. People who lived on the outside. People who were cast away. People who were pushed down. People who were left out. All of us are here because God has called us here. All of us are together around this table because he has healed us. And our response is to say, thank you. And when we learn how to say thank you at the foot of his throne, then we can learn how to say thank you to each other. It happens when you and I gather again and again in this place, hearing his words of mercy, his words of healing, his words of forgiveness spoken to us. And we say the only thing that we can say at the foot of the king's throne. Thank you, Jesus. Let's stand together.